You're listening to Easier, a podcast all about making your life easier. This is episode number seven. I'm Anthony Wagner, and my passion is all about finding the best, simplest, and yes, easiest ways of getting things done. Each week, I'll bring you my favorite tips, tricks, and hacks for living a simpler life. This week, we're talking about coffee. I'm going to walk you through the method that I use for making delicious French press coffee. That was something that took me a while to figure out, and so I'm bringing you my method in a really simple-to-use format. I'm also going to share my favorite products, all the things that I use to get my coffee made, and those will all be in my show notes, so you can grab everything you need in one place. Then I have two life hacks for you this week. The first is a trick for keeping that French press coffee warm. And the second is how to use ground coffee with a single serve coffee maker like a Keurig. Okay, let's talk about French press coffee. This is something that I wanted to do for quite a while, and it took me a long time to actually get started, but my boyfriend works for Starbucks, and Kevin can get his discount, which is great. He buys the stuff and brings it home, and I pay him back for it, so it's a little trick that I have there. So I got a great discount on a French press coffee maker from Starbucks, and that's what I've been using ever since I got it. And it took me, you know, a couple of tries to get this right the first time. But after I figured it out, it's been great. I actually use my French press only on the weekends. I use it as a treat. It's different coffee. Throughout the week, I make just regular drip coffee. But Saturday and Sunday, I enjoy my French press as kind of an end of the week treat. So I'm going to talk about the way to make French press coffee. And I'm by no means a coffee expert, but I've been doing this for a while. And the coffee that I produce tastes delicious. So I think that's probably the standard we're looking for. So... I'm going to just walk you through what I do to get this coffee made and all the tools that I need to 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 do it. And hopefully this you find this kind of helpful. And I did a lot of scouring all over the internet when I was first starting, so hopefully this saves you from having to do that. This post and episode, the post I mean the show notes which you can find at easiercast.com/7 has all of this there, so don't feel like you need to to write this down or anything like that. But I hope this to be a one-stop shop for French press information. If you follow the steps and the products that I use, feel free to obviously substitute your own products. But everything I do is in this one location, so you don't have to search all over the place. So let's get started. The first thing we're going to talk about is the hardware that I use. And I'm going to borrow terms from Elton Brown from Food Network. And I love the show, his show, Good Eats. And so I'm going to borrow his hardware and software terms that that he uses in that show. So the hardware, the actual instruments or tools that you need to make the French press coffee, I'm going to go through a list of them. And there are six things that you'll need, and a couple of them are optional. So we'll go through each of them. The first one, obviously, is the French press. And I use a Bodum, B-O-D-U-M brand French press. And I, like I said, I picked that up at Starbucks itself. If you don't feel like going into a Starbucks or there isn't one near you, and that sounds kind of impossible as I say it, but you never know. But if there isn't a Starbucks near you or you don't feel like shopping at a Starbucks, you can head over to the show notes and in the link section at the bottom, all of these products are there. So I will link to the Bodum Press and that's the one I use. 
The second thing you're going to need is a way to heat your water. And there's a few options here. The, I think, most typical way that I see is folks use an electric kettle. That's not the way I do it, but a lot of folks do that. So again, all these products, I'm not going to keep saying over and over. Just keep in mind that every product I mention will be in the show notes. So if you want an electric kettle, you can head over there to grab it. But what I actually use, I have a Cuisinart coffee maker, like a drip coffee maker, and it's got on the right side of it a hot water compartment. So you can pour water into the left side to make coffee or pour water into the right side and it makes it heats hot water and it has like a little bar that you can push to dispense it. And so I actually use that. I find that that works really well, but I realize that most folks, coffee makers probably don't have that feature. So another way that you can do it is you can just use a pan on the stove and you can heat the water that way. I just got back from camping and that was the way that I did it while I was camping. I actually took my French press and all the tools I needed to make coffee while camping, which I'd never done before, but it worked out quite well. So that definitely is another alternative. The last one, and I'm going to cover this a little bit more in the life hack toward the one of the life hacks toward the end of the podcast, but you can possibly use your drip coffee maker to heat the water and then use that. I'm not sure how well that will work, but that is another option you can play with. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. The next thing that you'll need is a plastic stirrer. And the reason I say plastic is because from the research that I've done, people suggest not using things like a metal spoon to stir your coffee when it's in the French press because it could chip the glass of the carafe and you definitely don't want that. So I figured better be safe than sorry. So I use a reusable straw from like a drinking tumbler, those things that you get for water or whatever, those cups and they have the lid and the straw. I use the straw from that, and that way it's reusable. I don't have to use a plastic spoon or something like that. You could use maybe a, a kitchen spatula, or if you really had to, you could use reusable. Um, you could use disposable plastic spoons. Maybe if you want to be environmentally conscious, maybe rinse them off. You don't need to throw them away every time. Another option could be you could pick up every time you go into a Starbucks. You know, take maybe three or four or five of those wooden stirrers that they have at the condiment bar. I'm sure they won't mind too much. But that's another way you can grab. It's not plastic, it's wood, but it's definitely not metal. So you want to try to avoid metal stirrers. Then this one, this might sound like an optional tool, and it technically is. I will give a couple directions if you don't want to use this, but you really should have a digital scale, a kitchen scale for weighing the coffee. Your kitchen scale will help you to make your coffee much more consistently than if you were to just use like a a measuring spoon to do it. Now you can, you can use a measuring spoon and you can use measuring cups, but I find that measuring out the water, the ounces of the water, and then weighing the coffee itself helps to make a more consistent coffee. My coffee tastes the same every time because I use a digital scale. And if you really insist on using measuring spoons, I will give directions for that. They're approximate directions, but it can get you started if you don't want to run out and grab that scale. The next few things are optional, and I realize I said six tools that you'll need, but technically with all the optional stuff, there are seven. The fifth thing that you'll need is an instant read thermometer. If you're going to heat your water on a stove, you'll find that this could be really helpful. I mean, it could be helpful anyway, especially if you're going to try the drip coffee maker trick using the water there, you can make sure to to temp your water before you try it the first time. It might save you some coffee waste if it doesn't work out because the water is not the right temperature, which we will get to in a moment. 
The next thing that I say is optional is a coffee grinder, an electric kind of burr grinder that you can keep at home. I actually skipped this step because I keep my coffee in a vacuum sealed OXO container, which is actually the last optional item. So I find that the coffee stays good for quite a while, even if I have ground everything. But the conventional wisdom with coffee is the less time that there is between grinding and brewing, the better. That grinding can change the flavor of your coffee over time because it starts to break down, whereas whole bean coffee stays a lot more stable. But there's a couple of issues I have with that. One, it's kind of a pain to have to grind every time. That's not really the biggest problem I have. The biggest one is that I drink coffee early in the morning. I get up super early and grinding coffee while everyone else is asleep is not very nice. So I don't do that. But if you can do this or want to do this, definitely do it. I'm told that it makes the, the coffee a little bit better. But like I said, the next and actually the last tool that you'll need is a storage container. And I used to just keep the coffee ground in the bag that it came in. But I hate having to like reach my hand inside the bag with the measuring spoon to get all the way to the bottom. Then your wrist and your the sides of your hand come out all covered in ground coffee, which is not my favorite thing. So I went out and I grabbed uh, a couple of OXO storage containers, those like white ones with the, the push button on the top, the vacuum seal ones, and those are amazing. I got the exact right size for my cabinet. It fits an entire pound of coffee from Starbucks that's ground in it, and it's so easy to to get in and measure and all this stuff. I actually have two of them because I keep one pound of French press coffee and then one pound of drip coffee because they actually do have to be ground differently, especially French press. You want to make sure that it's ground properly, which I'll get to in a minute. But this was absolutely a game changer. This is so much easier, and on top of it, the coffee lasts longer. So I highly, highly recommend this optional tool because it made life so much better. So that's all of the hardware that you'll need. I'm just going to run through the list real quick one more time. It's Number one is a French press. Number two is a way to heat your water. Number three is a stirrer that is not metal. Number four is a digital scale. And then five is the instant read thermometer, which is optional. Six is the coffee grinder, which is optional. And seven is the storage container, which is also optional. So now let's move into the software, as Elton Brown would call it, which is the actual food items, the ingredients. And there are only two of them with this, thankfully, because there are about a thousand tools. The first is the coffee. You want to get a good coffee, whatever coffee that you like. I happen to like the Guatemala blend from Starbucks. It's a medium roast, and that is my favorite. I get it all the time. My boyfriend likes the Komodo Dragon dark roast or a couple of the other dark roasts from Starbucks, which are good but I prefer the Guatemala. So I will link to that in the show notes if you want to get it. You can also walk into probably any Starbucks and pick it up. They have it everywhere. When you do get the coffee, make sure that you have it ground specifically for French press. French press grind is a little bit more coarse than drip grind, and that's important not only just for the flavor. I'm told that it does affect the flavor, but Drip coffee is ground more finely, which can clog up your French press when you go to actually plunge it. And so it might mess with your coffee one way or another. It's important to get your coffee ground properly. So something that Kevin has told me is that you, even if you don't get Starbucks coffee, they may still be willing to grind it for you. It's If you've got a relationship with your barista, I'm sure they'll do it for you. Just a couple of notes 
don't come in when it's super busy. Their peak hours, especially in the morning when it's crazy busy, and ask them to grind your coffee. Even really if it's Starbucks coffee, it's still kind of a pain. But if you're buying it in that store, of course, they'll do it for you then. But don't bring your, you know, whatever brand coffee into Starbucks during peak and ask them to grind it. You will get some dirty looks from some baristas and I'm with them. That's pretty rude. So if they're doing you a favor, do them a favor and don't come in during peak. And then the other thing I would say is just ask nicely. I'm sure that they'd be willing to do it for you and just say, hey, would you be willing to grind this coffee for me? I'm using it for French press. Can you grind it for that? And if they're not busy and you've got a nice barista, I'm sure they will do it for you for free. So don't have to worry about that if you want your coffee ground. Then the last thing you'll need is water. And I am guilty of simply using tap water. I know that that is not the best way of doing that, that you really should use filtered water to get the optimal flavor. But I find that my tap water works just fine, even though I've got a filtered water pitcher sitting right inside my fridge. I still fill the carafe from my drip coffee maker, pour it into that hot water chamber, and I fill it with tap water and let it go. I find that it works just fine. So the next thing is to talk about the actual method, and there are seven steps here as well. So that kind of fits neatly, and the first thing that you're going to want to do is start heating your water. That's going to take the longest, depending on the method that you choose, and you can overlap the rest of the steps with the water heating, or at least some of the steps. So get going on that first. And for my particular French press model, I heat 30 ounces, three zero ounces of water. And the way I came up with that was I checked ratios and things online, but my French press itself has a label on the side and I just fill it right past where the the label ends. And that works out to about 30 ounces. So in this case, I don't necessarily measure because I measure it that way. I don't you know, use a measuring cup and check the actual ounces, but it works out every single time. So if your French press has something like that, you can use that trick too. I'll put a picture up of my French press and show you where I fill mine too, so you can see what I mean in the show notes on easiercast.com slash seven. So the next thing is that from my research, water should be heated to about 190 to 200 degrees, which is just a little bit shy of boiling, which is 212 So a trick that I read that I actually used when I was camping, because I did bring my thermometer and heat the water over um, the grill that we brought in a pan, but I found that if you just, and I read that if you just heat the water to boiling to where it's actually a rolling boil, and then set the water aside for like 30 seconds, that actually will cool it down to about 200 and it'll be perfect to use. So... If you don't want to temp it and you're doing it in a pan, that's a trick. Otherwise, just make sure that whatever tool you're using to heat your water heats it to about the right temperature. So an electric kettle, I'm assuming, would do it just fine. If you're using a coffee maker of some kind, maybe the first time you do it, try temping it and making sure that it's in the right range for temperature. Then, while the water is heating, you should weigh your coffee. And I really stress that you should weigh it. I use about two grams of coffee per one ounce of water. So... I use 30 ounces of water, which means that I use 60 grams of coffee. And I will say that that is a lot more than you need for drip coffee. And I didn't know that when I was going into this, but really it's a lot more. So for instance, I use a Starbucks measuring spoon to measure my coffee when I'm doing drip. And I use the same one for French. And it actually is about a two tablespoon measure. And I use two of those for about six to eight cups of coffee. It's closer to six. 
I can get two full, like actual mugs full of coffee out of that. And I use so about four tablespoons there with the French press. It works out the same amount for about the same amount of coffee to about 10 tablespoons. So it's, you know, double the amount of coffee you're used to. And I was really surprised by that the first time. I was like, this can't be right. All this stuff I was reading was saying that you needed that much coffee. No, it is right. You do need that much. So be prepared for that. That That's one of the reasons I actually just drink it on the weekend because you go through it so much faster. Double the rate because you need double the coffee. So two grams of coffee per one ounce of water. But again, if you're going to use my measurements, 30 ounces of water, it takes about 10 tablespoons. 10 tablespoons about works out to about 60 grams. And I will tell you, when I weigh it, I actually get it right to 60. So if it goes to 61, I pull a little out. If it's at 59, I put a little in. Not that I'm sure it's going to really affect the flavor that much, but, you know, I like to be precise. So after you weigh your coffee and your water is at the right temperature, this is a step that I do. I pour about a quarter of the water into the French press with the coffee in it, and I stir the coffee up and let it sit for about 45 seconds. And that's to bloom the grounds. And I read this. Some people said to do it. Other people didn't say not to, but they didn't say anything about it. So I tried it. And I just tend to include this. It's supposed to open up the flavor of your grounds before you actually do the full brewing. So I pour about a quarter of the hot water in, let it sit for 45 seconds. If you're doing a thing on the stove, It might not be a bad idea to put the pan back on the burner for that 30 seconds or so and then pull it off just to make sure your water stays in the right temperature area. Actually, you know, I wanted to go back to the last step for just a second. Make sure that I would say if you're weighing your coffee, make sure that you put your French press on the scale first and then tear it, T-A-R-E, or zero it depending on what your scale says. And that will help to get your grounds a lot more accurate. You're not having to do math. So just a little tip that I wanted to make sure I said. Anyway, so after you've bloomed your coffee for about 30 to 45 seconds, then you can add the rest of your water and put the press back on the top. And what you should do is rest the the top the press on top of the coffee. That's what I do. I just kind of push it down to where the water level starts and then leave it. Do not press the plunger down yet. You need to let it brew for, I use four minutes. Now, I've already done 30 to 45 seconds, and so I do four minutes after that. The conventional wisdom, at least from Starbucks, according to my boyfriend, is five minutes, and we went back and forth on this, but I use four, although I do have that extra 30 to 45 seconds ahead of it. So it comes out to about a total of five minutes. So I brew for four minutes, I set a timer, and I let it sit, and then once the timer goes off, I come over and I plunge very slowly. You need to plunge slowly because you're creating an emulsion with your coffee and your water, and doing it slowly helps your coffee to emulsify better. And according to Elton Brown from Good Eats on Food Network, the plunge should take about 30 seconds. Now, I don't take that long. That seems like quite a long time to plunge your coffee. And it might not, as I'm explaining it, but if you go to do it, you'll see like, oh, this actually does feel like quite a long time. So you plunge your coffee and I take about 15 to 20 seconds to do it. And that's about it. After that, step seven is to enjoy your coffee, pour it and Enjoy the French press coffee that you made. Now, one last thing I will add here is that I use this French press technique as more of a mindfulness, like slow myself down technique. I find that if I rush through doing this or I'm trying to do it while I'm cooking breakfast or something, it does not work. I have messed it up so many, not so many times, a few times because I was doing too many things at once or I was rushing too quickly 
and it just didn't work. So I would highly recommend if you're going to do this, do it with the intention of doing it slowly, taking your time and enjoying all of the steps. It makes it much more enjoyable. Okay, two quick life hacks pretty quickly. The first one is how to keep that French press coffee warm. So if you hadn't thought about it, when you use a drip coffee maker, it sits on that hot plate and it keeps it warm for however long your coffee pot stays on or indefinitely if you don't turn it off, if yours doesn't automatically do that. But French press doesn't have a warmer underneath it. So when I first started making it, I would get to that second cup of coffee and be like, oh God, this is too cold. And then you microwave it and you're not really supposed to microwave it. And that just didn't work for me. So I came up with a pretty awesome, I think, method for keeping it warm, which actually serves as a double duty cleaning hack as well. So I assume that most folks do have a drip coffee maker in their home if they're drinking coffee. So you will need a drip coffee maker. And I, like I said, I'll link that coffee maker in the show notes. And you use your drip coffee maker to help keep it warm. So how do you do that? The first thing you're going to do before you actually heat your water for your French press coffee, fill the carafe of your regular coffee pot to, you know, six or eight and pour that water in. Make sure there are no coffee grounds in the, the maker at all. And then just start it and let it run water. So it heats the water. And let that run while you're doing all the rest of the steps for your French press. And then when the water is done, when it's finished brewing, what I like to do is I swirl the hot water around the carafe. And the reason I do that is because it actually helps to clean it. And, you know, I try to clean out my carafe, you know, every three or four brews. And every so often I'll run it through the dishwasher. But this is another way of getting it clean. You're cleaning it with hot water. So that's a kind of a double duty trick there. But then you can pour that hot water out. And then when your French press is done, I always like to pour the first cup directly into my mug. But then after that, pour the remainder of your coffee, the leftover, into the drip coffee pot carafe. And then put the carafe on the hot plate, which keeps it warm. And it keeps it at the right temperature as coffee should be. So it's an awesome quick little hack that you probably already have the equipment for and that serves double duty as a cleaning trick too. And as I said in the beginning when we were talking about the tools, a shortcut here might be to simply use the hot water from your carafe to make the French press coffee. Again, if you're using it for cleaning, you probably are going to have to brew twice. But this might be a way to heat your water. I'm not sure. I've never done that. I actually just thought about it as I was typing out these notes because, like I said, my coffee pot has a special chamber for hot water. But this might be another way of heating your coffee. So if you try that and it works or doesn't work, however it turns out, please let me know. You can do that by emailing podcast at easiercast.com or by leaving a comment at easiercast.com slash seven. Scroll all the way to the bottom and you can leave a comment there. Last up for this episode is another really quick life hack and that is for using ground coffee in a single serve coffee maker. So another way of saying that is using that ground coffee in your Keurig. And this is an awesome cost saving and environment saving trick that I found actually out of necessity, but it is great. So the reason I found it was because Kevin works for Starbucks and he brings home a pound of coffee every single week, which is wonderful. So I never have to pay for it. 
and we have more coffee at home than we can use. So I usually take a pound every couple months or so to work. And what was happening before was he was bringing home, he used to be able to bring home K-cups from work. So we would alternate and I would just take K-cups from Starbucks to work. Well, Starbucks really stopped carrying K-cups in the stores, so that wasn't an option anymore. So I figured out that there is a pretty sweet way of making ground coffee into coffee in a Keurig so I didn't have to replace my coffee maker at work and I could still use Kevin's stuff so I didn't have to pay for it. So what you will need, the hardware here, you will need obviously a single-serve coffee maker. This works with anything. You know, you can use a Cuisinart one, you can use a Keurig, whatever single-serve coffee maker you want. And then you're going to need one of those reusable K-cup things. It's, it's, it's a K-cup, but it's reusable and it's plastic. They sell them all over the place. I will definitely have a link in the show notes to the one that I use. And that's fine. You can actually use that by itself. You can just put the coffee directly in there. But, and I this is a big but, the problem with that is, is the K-cup, the reusable one, is super difficult to clean, especially if you've let it sit in the coffee pot or in the Keurig for any period of time after you've brewed it and it dries, good luck getting it clean, especially if you're at work and you don't have access to a full kitchen. That is a freaking nightmare. So I do not recommend putting the coffee directly in there. They actually make, and this is the third thing you'll need, K-cup filters. So they're filters that are shaped like K-cups and they're just like coffee paper filters. So they're not bad for the environment and they're not expensive. It's like, I think they're like 50 for $5 and you can get them at Target. I can get them at Meyer in my area at Bed Bath & Beyond, but I will put a link also if you just want to order them off the internet. They are so helpful, make it so easy to clean up, and they work very well. So yeah, definitely invest in some paper filters as well. And then the software here, same deal, ground coffee. I still like the Guatemala blend from Starbucks, and then whatever water you want to use. And then the method is really simple. You just put one of the paper filters inside of the reusable K-cup, and then you fill it about three quarters full with ground coffee. And it's important not to pack the coffee down in there and not to have it filled to the brim. So when you close the lid, it packs down. I think it actually makes it a little bit tougher for the Keurig to brew. So don't fill it all the way. I fill about three quarters full. Then I close the paper lid first and make sure that it's covering the entire top. Because if it's not, it can, like some of the grounds can get out. So I try to be careful there. And then I close the plastic lid on the reusable filter, put it into the brewer and brew it. And it comes out delicious, just like I had made it brewed from a, a drip coffee maker. But you don't have the waste of that K-cup and it ends up being cheaper because drip coffee, when you buy it from the store, is actually much cheaper than K-cups, even with the addition of the filter. So you will save money if you go this route and it's actually really convenient. So that is the second life hack. I hope you make use of that. And that's it for episode number seven of Easier. Remember to try your hand at French press coffee and don't be so scared of it. It is not that crazy. You can get all the steps that I outlined in this episode and I will give you the link in just a second. Then remember to keep your French press coffee warm by using your regular drip coffee maker. And finally, you can make great coffee in a single-serve coffee maker using coffee grounds and not K-cups by using that life hack too. If you do do any of this, I would love to hear about it. You can get in touch with me by emailing me at podcast at easiercast.com 
or by leaving a comment at easiercast.com slash seven, and you can scroll all the way down to the bottom of that page for the comment section. One last thing I will say, if you need any help with your French press coffee making, feel free to do either of those things, and I would be happy to help you. If you do email me or contact me and I love what you said, I will be sure to feature it in an upcoming episode of Easier, and I would love to do that. So definitely let me know what you think. Thank you, as always, so much for listening, and until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now. Bye for now.